Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 494. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you how you can overcome any setback in life. I don't care if it's financial, relational, business, or more. He is going to teach you how he overcame failing multiple businesses to growing one single business to more than 300 employees in a very short amount of time. He's also sharing financial advice and really ultimately how everything comes down to mindset and self-image. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Franco LaFranco. Franco, welcome. Hi there. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. I know we've had quite a long pre-call, so I'm excited to dive into this. For those that are new to you, please give a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I am currently in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm a business owner. I've been a business owner since I was 22 years old. Love helping people, making a difference. Uh, I've also uh, led courses on personal growth and development. Uh, so whatever I can do to make a difference, that's what I'm passionate about. And that's what my purpose is. Well, and that's what I'm excited to talk about today. And I, I want to touch on all of those because I believe we're all in sales. Every individual, whether we're selling ourselves while dating at a job interview, we're all in sales. And, and you know, that's a big part of business. So I definitely want to talk about business, the mindset behind that. And then we'll get into uh, financial independence because money, that's a fun one to talk about. Can you take us back a little bit to, because you shared with me that you had three quotes failed businesses. But take us on your entrepreneur journey and explain how that personal growth piece became a part of it. Sure, I'm happy to. Um, you know, when I was young, uh, my parents came from Italy when they were young, so I'm a son of immigrants. And when my parents, uh, when I was growing up, my father always said to me, Franco, you have to always own your own business. I'm like, okay, I, you know, I'm four years old, <laughs> five years old. He kept telling us he was an entrepreneur, so he wanted me to do the same. And I get why he wanted me to. So at 22, started my own company. I had no clue what I was doing, total disaster. He, my father, although he wanted me to get into the business, he didn't explain how difficult it is to own a business and run one. I lost all my hair from all the stress and <laughs> having employees and all the other stuff. And yeah, so my first three, I failed because I didn't know what I was doing, number one. Num Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming. For two, I had to go through personal growth and development as a leader to become somebody that can lead an organization. It's one thing to start a business and to have a business plan. It's another whole thing to be 
And I went to business school and they don't teach you leadership skills. They don't teach you how to be great with people. You know, they don't teach, they don't give you books on that. You got to learn that on your own. It's like school hard knocks. And so it took me about three companies, which is interesting because it takes the average millionaire three companies to fail before they become a millionaire. So I guess that was the average. <laughs> so, uh, but as I was going after my third failure, one of my cousins called me, says, you know, said to me, Franco, and listen, I just did this incredible personal growth course, thought you'd like it. Up until that point, I had done zero personal growth, read zero books on leadership. Everything was business, like spreadsheets and analysis and stats. And that's all I've ever ever studied i said okay what do i got to lose everything i'm touching is failing right now what the heck i'll go take this course and i did it so i, I go take this as a three-day course and it was all about looking at yourself and your life and and like why you say what you say why you do what you do and i, I realized i'm the one i'm at the center of it all it's all because of me a lot of it was because um i was very arrogant when i was younger uh, I was not humble. I thought I was better than everybody else. So who the heck wanted to be around me? No one would listen to me. So they would say, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, and go do off their own thing. I did not know how to be great with people or how to be pleasant with people or how to listen. I was never a good, great listener. So when people asked me a question, I would like, I already knew my answer. I would assume I knew what they were saying. And so I learned all these invaluable things about myself. Uh, you know, how I was the one destroying everything versus building things. So I wouldn't build them up. I wouldn't help people. It was all about me and my life and my success and no one else mattered. And when I saw that, I got to tell you, I was a little shocked. I'm like, wow. I saw what an SOB I could be. I saw what like, I, well, no wonder my companies all failed. On top of that, I saw insecurities. So those were all a function of insecurity that I wasn't good at. So it was like a, a way to mask those insecurities by pretending to be better, by pretending to be smarter, right? And so it came across as condescending. And so when I, I saw that, I go, ew. So not only am I really at the subconscious level, which is what you talk about all the time. By the way, I love your show. I love what you do. It's fantastic stuff, that you, the value you bring to people. But at the subconscious level, thinking I'm not good enough, uh, I'm not really that important in life, Nobody, it, people don't want to listen to anything I have to say, I had to overcome that to be better than you and condescending and all that other crap, right? Mm -hmm. And so imagine being in that body, in that head, having those conversations with people, who the heck, of course I'm going to fail. Imagine trying to get a client, trying to get a customer, uh, building a business, no chance. So when I saw all that, I'm like, wow. And then I saw, okay, who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? Who is the person that I want to go into the world to be and inspire? So I created... Uh, different ways of being in life and possibilities that I wanted to be apart from that. Now, I still got to manage that part of me, that insecurity is always going to be there. So I got to be own it and be responsible for it. And as long as I own it and responsible for it, I can create whatever I want to create. And that's what I did. And it's literally, literally from the time I did that within 24 months, built a company to almost 300 employees, literally from one. One employee to 300 within 24 months. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, what that kind of self-awareness can bring you. Uh, and it can happen quickly for you if you go on decide to go on that crazy journey. Because then I become voracious at it. I, I fell in love with this, becoming more self-aware and learning more about myself. Okay, what else can I learn about myself? And I started interviewing people, right? Okay, so tell me, uh, how do I occur for you? And they would tell me like, okay, okay, we got to work on that. So, so... 
one thing I highly recommend is interviewing people around you, especially the ones whose opinion you don't want to know. <laughs> because they'll tell you the truth. But you can't hold it against them. You, you can't uh, use it to argue with them. Just got to listen to it and take it. And even though their opinion may be, you know, out on left field, that's okay. It's just something for you to be responsible for because you're occurring to them in a very particular way. And there's something wrong with that. So just something for you to be responsible for and not to look at as criticism, but just how you, because you're occurring to them that way, no matter what. So whether you know it or not, you're still occurring to them that way. You might as well know. So that gives you a way to impact it or transform it in some way, should you choose. So that was how my whole journey to personal growth and development started and how I finally started, not just in business, but in relationships. Now, my friend, like imagine being the same way I just described to you, because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And that was the same way I was in relationships. So who the heck wants to be in a relationship with me? Nobody, right? Or if it was be miserable, but my yeah. first one wasn't the greatest in the world. I wasn't great at it because of the same reason. So, you know, I'm so grateful that my cousin called me that one day to start me on that journey. Because before then it was like nothing existed except doing. And then uh, once you start that personal growth uh, journey into self-awareness, a whole new world opens up to you. Okay, so I love that. Number one, it was, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. But look, the journey that you just shared that you went on was a big paradigm shift and a mindset shift. And yeah, I think for me, even it's been a lot of humility and uh, self-compassion. And I think I just, I have that growth mindset. I'm like, give me a challenge and I'll go, I'll go after it. I actually, I enjoy that. But something that you shared with me that I think is important is a lot of people, especially I think it's uh, societal norms, we place the blame externally. I'm pissed off because of my boss or because of my spouse, or we're always blaming other people for our problems. So how would you offer someone to take self-accountability and like to point the finger inward? It's a great question. So here's what I'll say. One of the things that it is to be human is to want to be a victim. We're addicted to it because it gives us like this high. So whenever you're a victim and you get to blame somebody, gets this little little high. Like, oh, feel good. Then you feel bad, right? Then you do it again and you get a little It's just like crack cocaine to people. Making somebody wrong, invalidating somebody, being a victim. All that stuff gives you artificial highs that don't last. They're not really fulfilling and there's an impact to it. The impact is your life's not gonna be great. You're not gonna get the results that you want in life. You're not gonna get the life that you want, nor are you gonna have very fulfilling relationships. And it's gonna impact your health, by the way, because the more of a victim you make yourself, the worse your health's gonna be. So mm-hmm. when you can realize that, and you realize that accountability is a privilege you give yourself. Responsibility is a, something you grant to yourself um, it's not something that anybody can give you. And so when you realize that, say, okay, you realize that the more responsible you make yourself in all areas of your life, the more power you're going to have to impact those areas of your life. The more of a victim you make yourself in any area of your life, the, the less power you will have in that area of your life. So you have to ask yourself, do I want power in my life or do I want to be a victim and be powerless? And that's your choice. And it's something you grant yourself and it's not anyone can give you or take away from you. It's all up to you. I just pulled up my phone because this is so timely. I love life serendipities like this. 
Um, I love Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he was in an interview I was watching last night on YouTube, but this is something from his daughter. His daughter said to him, living by this emotion isn't loving to me. So living in that victim mindset, hopelessness, boredom, yeah. fear, anxiety, worry, that emotion is not loving to me. No. Yeah. Well, it, it's bank, it bankrupts. Like it, it'll give you a high oh, for so long yeah. and then it, you'll then eventually, hopefully you'll start realizing uh, that it's not going to take you where you want to go. And here's the worst part. It's going to start attracting like people. So all of a sudden now you're going to create an environment of like mind. That's why if you find victims, you'll find a whole bunch of victims around them thinking the exact same way that group thing starts to take over and becomes poisonous. And then you're in trouble because the environment always wins. No human being can beat the environment that they're in. It's too hard. So it doesn't matter what you study, whether it's finance or psychology or personal growth development, they always tell you the same thing. The environment will always win. So be careful of the environment that you're in because if it's a toxic environment, you can't get out of it. You have to literally take yourself out of it, put yourself in a new environment, and then create an environment that will support you, that will help you. And so that's the other problem of being a victim. You're going to attract a whole bunch of victims to I agree. Misery less company. Can I challenge you on that point? Sure. Because I would agree we are a product of our environment. However, when I worked in corporate, my last corporate job was a very toxic environment i worked in oil and gas it was a lot of ugh. but anyway it was very low energy nobody wanted to be there it was awful and i chose so i i could fall trapped to that and hate life and going through life's emotions but i chose i was like no that's not for me and i i believe that we can influence the energy we can influence the environment and so for example what i did I, I wanted to be that light. I imagined myself as a lighthouse and shining the light for others. And I was that girl walking down the hallway, giving high fives on my whiteboard. I had uh, written, have an attitude of gratitude. And I began to influence the energy in that company. And what happened to it? The energy, well, at least on my floor, the energy changed. Yeah, you can. You have that power, 100%. Yeah. You can okay. do that. But for the for other people, nothing's going to be different for them. Nothing's going to change for them. They're going to be part of that. Now, you are a unique person. You're a unique uh, source of energy that you can go in there and be that kind of person. So you can definitely have that power. But if that environment didn't change and you had to keep doing that every single day for the rest of your life, you'd be exhausted doing that, generating it without anybody else yeah. doing it. Well, and I think that's when you choose to leave. Right. Which I did. Yeah, exactly. So no, yeah. you can you can go to them and say, listen, we want to create this kind of environment and then enroll the leaders there to be part of that and create a, an infrastructure. Yeah, 100%. You have that power, which is going to be great. For the most part, though, most people are walking blind. They have no idea that they're part of that. Like you walked into a government office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Yeah. It's yeah. like a funeral home. It is yeah. awful. But yeah. the, the sad part is they don't even realize that they are in that kind of environment because they don't know the difference. Right. Autopilot. That's what I yeah. talk about. Most people are going through life in autopilot. So here's what yeah. I want to ask you. I want to go back to you went through this three day program. What I heard and what I wrote down is like you created this new vision for yourself, who you wanted to be, the life you wanted to have. But that was a big gap from where you were. So what steps did you start taking to have a different 
identity, right? This version 2.0, what were you doing? That's a great question. So I would say when you create who you want to be and the possibility that is for the world, you're going to start noticing a gap, like where you're not being that everywhere in your life. Like, okay, now you can't make that wrong because then what are you doing? yourself a victim goes right back to where you started right see oh my god no no you got to stop that so you got to notice that when you're noticing the gap so 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 with people am i being this person when i'm in, in this meeting am i being with this person when i'm with my family am i being this person okay if i'm not mm. then i've got to okay notice it and put it in and put it in so life became to me an opportunity to choose who to be at any moment and here's what i realized relationships the purpose of relationships or not for me to get something out of it, but who am I going to choose to be in it? Mm. And that was up to me without any regard for what will come back because that's the only thing I can control. I can't control. Here's how most people do relationships, right? All right. I'm going to get into this relationship so I can have friendship. I'm going to use relationships so I can get love. I'm going to get relationships so I can get romance. Okay, cool. Now what? Now what happens when that stuff's coming back to you, what do you do? You change yourself. Right, so you've been in a romantic relationship. Romance stops coming. Okay, let me change myself to get the romance back or the love back. Okay, good. Now you change yourself. Now what? Well, then it stops again. Okay, then you change yourself again, and then oh, it's back. Then you change yourself again. Then one day you wake up and you say things like, "I don't know who I am anymore." Like what happened? And people literally fall apart, not because they did, but because who they become, they don't even recognize themselves to be versus. Yeah. Think looking at a relationship from the standpoint is okay, who do I want to be with this person? That's completely up to me. Will it be fun, joyous, sensual, exciting, romantic? That's up to me. Who do I want to be? What is the purpose of me being in this relationship, regardless of what comes back? And when you could do that, first of all, there's no expectations that you could be, you know, hurt or let down because it's just you taking full accountability and ownership. But what takes over for a lot of people, the victimhood. So because so many of us are addicted to being victims in life, then we'll oh, stop loving me. Oh, stop touching me. Oh, stop this. Oh, stop that. See, look at that. You know, they don't love me. They don't care about me, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not about that. It's, it's just you stop taking accountability for how you want to be and show up in the relationship. You know, and I, I think I first heard it from Dispenza, but now I, I saw it recently. I think I read it in a book and I love this. I can't, um, I just really relate to it. We don't attract what we want. We attract what we are. 100%. I believe that 100%. I agree. But what are you doing? Like, what are your daily practices or rituals? Because for me, this takes a lot of what I call building the mindset muscle, consistency, repetition, that self-accountability, like every, like I'm choosing this as a lifestyle. So there's, it's different than what I do now versus back then, because I now refined uh, yeah. how I am and what I create. Like today, for example, I have a, I have a, I have a digital notebook, right? And it, one of the, my digital notebooks is a gratefulness journal. So every day I'll write things I'm grateful for. I have, uh, I'll send everyday text messages to five or 10 people who I love to communicate with. And I send them a message saying, hey, how can I serve you? How can I help you with what you're up to? So I'll send them an acknowledgement, proud of you for what you're doing. Five to 10 every day. That's easy to do. It takes, you know, five minutes. Yeah. You know, just to send that out every day. Uh, I have my goals set out of all the things that I want to achieve and the people that I want to help and the, whatever I want to accomplish. So I've got that in front of me and all that that goes behind me. And I, every day I focus on that and how I'm going to create that. One thing I learned, which is really cool, 
is I took a course on managing, it was called managing your calendar. Go, I'm gonna take this course on managing your calendar. But you know what it taught me? How to write something in your calendar. So whenever I used to go to the gym, I go work out, right? Okay, meeting. And they said, no, write out what it means to you. So workout is make myself good looking, whatever it is, like write something that would inspire you. Meeting instead of meeting, it could be like change the world, whatever that meeting is going to do, whatever the intention or purpose of that meeting is going to be. Uh, give me financial freedom, whatever you want to write, right? So I learned to write things in my calendar that would, because your calendar, your calendar is your life, right? Your calendar is literally what you're creating your life to be. So write in there what you want it to look like and they call that meeting that. I'm like, oh, that's so great. So that's one of the things I love to do. And it inspires me to write things on there now. So when I go to that meeting, it's like, oh, I got this meeting with this person. No, I don't have a meeting. So for example, with you, okay, what did I write down for this podcast? I wrote down creating freedom for people with Heather. Cool. That's, what I, that's what I wrote down. That's like, okay, let's go create freedom for people. I'm so excited about this podcast, you know? So you're living very intentionally and 100%. mindfully. For somebody who's newer to this, obviously those that listen to my podcast often hear this stuff, but I like to give an actual like a takeaway. So you are intentional with naming meetings. How else are you being intentional with your daily, your time and your activities? Uh, I have to make sure that everything I'm scheduling, everything I'm doing is for my goals I've set for 2023. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, then either I ignore them. If I have some free time, then I'll consider it. But I have to have my plans for 2023. And I do six, six categories. I'll do family, finance, my main business that finances everything. I've got personal growth and development. I've got spirituality and health. So those are the six categories because you have to take a holistic approach to your life. If you don't yeah. take a holistic approach, if you like are focused only on one and neglect the rest, then what's, what's really the point, right? So for me, I, I have to make sure that, and I've got a sheet of paper here. It's always all written down, all the points. I have three goals set for each one. Uh, the things I'm willing to sacrifice to make those real. And also my reward. So as I achieve the goals each week and each month, what am I going to give myself as a reward? Because it's just sacrificing to get a, a goal. You also need something to reward yourself. So I do both yeah. those things. So I have this beautiful sheet, keep it in front of me. It's always there, always reminded of it. And then I have plans behind all that. And I, look, it took me a good two weeks to create that. And that's ongoing. But to me, that's my life. And my life has to be worth something. You know, I have the privilege of, of having breath in this world. I have the ability to be creative in this world. So God gave me purpose. So I've got to take advantage of it. So I'm going to go create for as long as I'm alive, I'm going to be creative. You know, human beings are the only creative beings in this world. Everybody else is just reactionary and surviving. We're yeah. creative. So let's go create. And But be intentional about your, your creation because you can create whatever you want. And it's got to be worth it for you that every morning it excites you. Every morning you want to get up and go do it. And if it's not, then don't do it. Go create something that truly inspires you. And then create a plan for it. And then once you create that plan, now go fine-tune it, execute it, keep going at it, keep taking action every day towards it, have fun with it, play with it, but it's got to inspire you every day. Like, like, I want to achieve this. Let's go. Yeah. And I think that's important. Like, I try to remind myself often that I get to be here. This is supposed to be fun. This is like an, a, a playground. You know, we're not going to other planets and wherever trying to get resources. Everything we need is here. 
And one of my mentors, I think at least a decade ago, maybe longer, Abraham Hicks. And even Abe says, it's as easy to manifest a castle as it is a button. <laughs> Wherever our focus goes, energy flows. And whatever your attention and intention, you will create. But you got to get out of autopilot. Yeah, you do. And that's why I love what you're doing, because it's, it's things like this that school, unfortunately, doesn't teach. Because what puts yeah. you into autopilot is traditional education. Like yeah. education is all about do this, don't think. Do that, don't think about anything else. Just keep. So that's the problem. You know, we created an educational system 100 years ago to create workers for the Industrial Revolution. That's what it was created for. And we still keep using that. To, that and it doesn't bring out the creativity of people. It numbs people down and 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 makes people literally numb yeah. to the world. And so yeah. that's why we need what you're doing more of you, uh, because it's people like you that are waking people up. Hey, look, you. There's lots of things you can do. This thing is powerful. It's powerful. It's one of the most powerful antennas ever created. Whatever you're emitting, you can transmit and get back to you ten times more powerfully if you learn if you use it. Yes. You know, 5G, 5G's got nothing on our brain. <laughs> yes. Okay, so now I, I'd like to touch on um, something you shared a little bit with me is this whole idea of like financial independence, money. I think money is what holds a lot of people in a chokehold, yeah. fear, worry, anxiety, not enough. How do we get out of that loop? Yeah, so great. So in, in leading personal growth courses and seminars and having been in business and run companies and have have had employees and now have built a team uh, of business affiliates of tens of thousands, one thing I've learned that people have in common is everybody wants financial independence. Everybody wants the same things in life. They want to take care of their family. They want to have a good life. They want to be able to enjoy their life, travel, do all those things that people want to do in life. And so finance has become very important. The problem is we don't learn how to do that. You know, school, again, this failure of education is to teach you how to have a job, and that's it. It doesn't teach you how to be an incredible entrepreneur, how to be a business person, how to achieve financial independence. How do you earn residual income, for example? Because residual income is what gives you freedom, not exchanging time for money. Time for money is great, but it doesn't give you freedom. What gives you independence is when you can create yourself financial uh, or a residual income. So here's what I've learned. And what I see in the modern, that we need to provide in the modern economy and companies have to find a way to be able to provide this to people, okay? And those that do, home run. So first is you got to give people the ability to work from where they want. I know now companies are fighting back. Oh, no, I have to come to the office. Eh, okay, well, you keep fighting that and you're going to find people resisting that more, okay? We've learned through COVID that people want a different way to live life. That's number one. Number two, people have to be able to travel some more. Uh, or it, build able to build a business virtually if they can. So if they can, that's got to be a, a very important part of building a company. And you have they have to be able to build a residual income from the sales. So if they want to take a couple months off, hey, great, they're still getting paid. They're not going to stop getting paid if they don't. And so that's important for people as well. Plus, you need to create an environment that recognizes people. People, it's like too many too many uh, job environments or work environments. I'll say it that way don't celebrate people's accomplishments. They're, they're quick to put you down if you're not successful, right? But how about creating an environment where we're celebrating each other's successes and each other's wins and victories? That's really cool. And then we need something that's going to be for the long term for people where they can plug into something, achieve success themselves, that income lasts, it doesn't go away because you know an economy went bad. 
what happens is a lot of businesses, for example, when the economy goes down, their income goes away. Well, can you stabilize it and find something that whether economy is good or economy is bad, can you do that? So that's what I'm excited about, about teaching people how to take advantage of that and how to find income in those areas uh, where you can't have it all. And you can't have that all. You absolutely can. And those yeah. exist. Okay. Question for you. Because a lot of that is strategy and I totally get that. However, can you touch a little bit on this idea of the financial independence? Can you touch on the mindset and the energy behind the strategy? Yeah, it takes three things. I'll say this way. It takes three things um, to become successful. Number one is follow, get yourself into a financial system that works. That's number one. Okay, and that's the how, okay? Number two is to get a coach and mentor that's already done it, what you want to do. That's very important, right? Because a lot of times, if you're, if otherwise you just go in the dark. And number three, yeah. and this is the part you just talked about, is don't quit until you succeed. Now, what does that take? Don't quit until you succeed. Because you will face obstacles. You will fail 100%. Guaranteed you will fail. Yeah. It's not like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll succeed first time. No, you will fail. Guaranteed 100%. So yeah. the question is, are you going to be somebody that looks at failure as some something to avoid or something to embrace? How are you going to look at it? If you look at it as something to avoid, you can, it's almost impossible to become successful. The most successful people I know, business partners that I know, billionaires that I know, multimillionaires that I know, they embrace failure. In fact, here's what they realize. The faster they, they embrace failure, the more failure they embrace, the faster they go towards failure, the more success they achieve. The slower they go towards failure, the slower their success to achieve. And so you have to be excited, excited by failure. It has to literally excite you to do that. It excites me um, because it doesn't mean anything about me. The problem is we make failure mean something about us. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. See, I'm a loser. My mom was right. My dad was right. My seventh grade teacher was right. You know, all these stories we have in our head, which aren't true. We just made them up. So something happened. I'll give you an example. One that was mine. Okay. I was in seventh grade. And I put up my hand to answer a question. I was all excited, okay? And I think it was history class. And I don't know what I said. Here's what my teacher said. Franco, that's the dumbest answer I've ever heard. Don't you dare put up your hand, your hand in my class again, unless you know the answer. So I'm in seventh grade, okay? What did I make that mean? I could have said to myself, oh, this guy's an idiot. Who cares what he thinks, right? No, that's not what I made it mean. I made it mean that, wow, if I don't know the I don't know the answer, I can't talk. So I literally muted. Mm. I literally stopped sharing in class from that day forward. And I had to make sure I knew the right answer. And if I didn't know the answer, here's the worst part. I had to make up statistics to prove my answer was right. Even worse. And so I literally gave my myself no freedom to make mistakes. I put yeah. myself in this box where I had to always be right. It was awful. It was exhausting. It was, in fact, I used to get so stressed, the gums in my mouth would break because of where I would put myself. Because of some decision I made as a kid, because yeah. of some teacher told me. Yeah. And that's what happens to people all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. Right? And, then, and then it becomes real for you, right? And then we're overcoming that our whole life and creating uh, ways to overcome that. So and that's part of personal growth development and the books and course I read helped me realize that. Oh my God, I didn't know I even did that because I, I didn't, I, then all of a sudden it came, I go, oh, you know where that came from? 
oh my gosh, in seventh grade, this is what happened. Here's what I said. Here's what the teacher said. Here's what I made it mean about myself. That now I can't share anymore. I can't be open. I can't be authentic. I can't be vulnerable. Can't do that because I will get shut down and mm. be made fun of. Can't do it. And that's where I, that comes from. I just want to share a couple of mantras that help me around, you know, fear of failure and rejection. One, I love this one around rejection. So whether it was, you know, with dating or, applying to jobs or whatever. Rejection is always redirection. When I'm told no, I trust there's something even better for me. And when it comes to failing, I guess I'm, I'm like that optimistic that I'm going to learn, like I'm going to learn this is going to work or I'm going to learn. So I just, I, that's how I've embraced failure. But, and I shared this with you, you know, I love the acronym first attempt in learning. I don't, I don't think it's a failure. I don't believe in mistakes either. And, but, but how do we, what does school teach us about failure though? Does the school teach us to embrace failure? How does, how do most kids look at failure? No, nobody wants an F or a D you get, no, it's no, of course we don't. That's why but it's yeah. funny. That's why it's funny. Like I think yeah. it's seventy five percent of millionaires never went to college. Really? You know? Yeah. Interesting, huh? Now, why? Well, why would that be? Because most of them never got good grades, right? Most of them, so they're okay with failure because they were getting B's and C's and D's their whole life. So, hey, what have I got to lose? Nothing. Let me go get into business, and they yeah. have no problem failing because they've already been failing. The worst, like if you look at people that get straight A's, then they'll go to a, like a top school, Ivy League school. Like for example, Duke. Duke has a whole a big problem with suicides and most Ivy League schools mm. do because they'll go there, these poor people, right? They'll go there and they're always the top of their high school. Now they get their, their average. They're like everybody else. They're no different than everybody else. They can't handle that. It's really tough for them. And so if you look at most people that become top entrepreneurs, they weren't the valedictorian. They weren't. They weren't that the kid that was the smartest in high school. They weren't. That's not who become the top entrepreneurs. There are some that do, but for the most part, it's not them. And so because you to be successful, truly successful in business, you have to be prepared to fail. And you can't have an issue with it. You got to keep going. What advice would you give, like an overall idea behind perseverance and not stopping till you quit? How would you offer that to someone? How would you mentor somebody getting into the space? Well, when I mentor somebody, what I first help them do is find out what they're passionate about, what their mission is, what their purpose is in life uh, beyond money, right? So what's the money for? Like, what do you, like, everybody wants to make money, but what's the money going to be for? And that tells me a lot about where they want to go, how much, because everybody's got a different, like some people will have all the, I want a house, I want a jet, I want, why? So I, I try to ask them that question four or five times before I usually get to the truth of what they want. And then they'll tell me, well, you know, I want to take care of my family. I want to have a home so all the family comes over and hangs out together. And I want to be that person. I never had that. When I was a kid, I want that. Okay, cool. So what I try to do is, is like get to find out what their true passion and why. And it's always important to ask the why because most people will ask, they just ask, okay, cool. But no, why do you want that? So once you get to really their why, say, okay, are you prepared to do whatever it takes to get there? Prepared to sacrifice. You can have it. Yeah. I promise you, you can have it. Are you prepared to sacrifice and to do what it takes to get there? And if they've hit their why, they'll almost always say yes. Now, will they hit obstacles? A hundred percent. So you just got to remind them when they do. That's why mentorship is so important because on your own, yeah. it's very difficult. Yeah. So you got to remind them. Remember what you said? 
Remember you said you said you wanted this for your family? Are you gonna let your family down now? Are you gonna let your kids down now? Are you gonna let your mom down now? Are you gonna let yourself down now? Or are you gonna keep going? No, I'm gonna keep going. Okay, good, let's go. So it's great to have someone in your corner is gonna keep reminding you because on our own, left to our own devices, we quit on ourselves. That's I learned some of that a long time ago. Like I've got mentors. Without them, I'd be in trouble myself. Every great athlete has mentors. Every great performer has mentors, not just one, many. Yeah. And that's important. Surround yourself with people that want you to win. Surround yourself with people that are excited for you to win, that have a self-interest in you winning. That's always the best environment to be in. I love that. I'm going to ask this question, even though I feel like you kind of just shared that. What do you believe is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? That you can have whatever you want in life, that you're willing to have a clear purpose for and that you're willing to sacrifice for and have a clear agenda for you can have whatever you want that you're willing yeah. to work to have a hundred percent you can have it as long as you're willing to work for it number one but number two be clear about your purpose and why you want that and be inspired by that and create an environment to support you with that you can have whatever you want and you know what the, when you said the word sacrifice because i don't like that word but how I, I try to tie it in and how you shared that. I think it's sacrificing those negative habits, sacrificing those limiting beliefs. If you want to sacrifice and let go of that shit, then you literally are limitless. Yeah. If you look at, it's true. Like if you think of the things we have to sacrifice, it's not the good stuff you're sacrificing. It's the yeah. crappy stuff like the Netflix or whatever it is yeah. that you've got going on in your life. It's not the good stuff you got to sacrifice. There's a lot of crappy stuff we have in our life. They let that go. Yeah. you kidding me you'll have all the time in the world yeah i love that all right well i'd love to wrap up the interview so i have a few rapid fire questions for you let's do it what is a quote or motto that you live by a quote or a motto that i live by the context is decisive so whatever context you have about anything will be decisive for how that occurs for you okay. so whether it's relationship life like for example if i'm making an opinion about somebody now that person is stuck in that context that i created about them mm -hmm. if i have a if i think about how i want to in interact with a group or how i want to be in life or whatever however i view anything will always be decisive how i interact with that so to me be careful of the context you create for anything it is decisive perception is that what you were saying perception perception is the context creates the perception and that perception then becomes real. And it's which it's that which from you interact to and from. I'll say it that way. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Uh, this one. This one here. This is called Strategic Preparation by Tony Jury. Great book. I'm reading this one. At the same time, I'm also reading... This one, this is a, a classic one by Carol yep. uh, Mindset. It was another classic one. And then another one I'm reading right now as well, tons of them, The Three Laws of Performance by Steve Zaffron. Another great book. Nice. That one, Mindset by Carol Dweck, that's one she talks all about, like fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And I believe we all have capacity of a growth mindset. I agree. Most of us are get like to your point, we put yourself into automatic mode and then we become the fixed mindset and then we're stuck. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? 
two things. Number one, when you are experiencing relationships with people you work with or family, enjoy the moment of those relationships more. Mm. Uh, versus, okay, I got to get that this conversation. So I got another conversation. Be in the moment more in those relationships and in those conversations because that's where the gold and the richness of life lives. That's number one. And number two, I would say when you're younger, you know, we like to be, instead of making smarter investments, we make worse investments. So go back and make smarter investments and learn about investing more because financial independence is great as you uh, add good investment on top of good investment and a good investment. And Warren Buffett has a saying, the number one rule of business is don't lose money. Number two rule of investment, don't lose money. Number three rule of investment, don't lose money. Yeah. So when I was younger, I made a whole bunch of horrible investments and things I had to learn. So go back and learn, study from mentors about making smarter investments. So in the future, 10 years from now, from that time, 15 years from now, you'd be way ahead from an exponential factor than you would otherwise be. Fair enough. Franco, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, are you kidding me? Uh, I, first of all, I'm excited to have been on here. Like I said to you earlier, I love your podcast. You're helping a lot of people. You're great. And I, I'm just, I, I, I'm excited to have been on here and whatever difference we can make in the world. Hey, let's, I'm all for it. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.